0: Frank Luntz is an American political and communications consultant, pollster, and pundit. His focus groups often highlight the ways in which small changes in language make a big difference in how the public perceives policy and politicians. Today, he turns his focus group questions onto a group of no-label supporters, polling their views on key political, social, and economic questions. Let's listen in.
1: Great. Well, I, I want to welcome, as always, all of our great no label supporters around the country. Um, we're thrilled today to have uh, Frank Luntz with us, um, probably America's most influential communications professional, um, who's done an enormous amount of work in in both uh, the Fortune 500 world and and the political world, um, and he. He plays in an incredibly important area at the intersection of politics, and and Frank is going to ask us some questions today and effectively run a focus group with us. But You
2: tell us, Frank, what's the best way for us to participate in the Q&A with you? The best way to do this, because I can't see everyone on a screen, and so you're going to have to be respectful of each other, but this is a chance to understand why you've made this commitment, what you want from this, what you want from American politics. I don't have to google so many of you like this is the most significant. I'm absolutely blown away And I could see the list before but now that I see you all i'm so impressed That you have devoted this time and this effort To make a difference and to try to bring people together And I know there are major democrats on here. there are major republicans on here But first and foremost we're americans so my my preference is to be able to, to, to and I want to do the first polling question, because I want to put this out to you at the very beginning. And we're going to take an hour, and I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions. Do better than I'm doing right now. Get to the point point in the answers, uh, because I want to involve as many of you as possible. So whoever's responsible for this, I submitted three questions earlier, and Liz, I think you've got it. So let's do the first question. Some of you, like Frank Baxter, have been around for a long time, and, and Peter Kelly. So I'm going to do everything in a, uh, in a, a Noah's Ark theory of politics. Is this the worst pres- presidential election of all time for you? Yes or no? And as that populates, and, and, and uh, I'm looking at the results. Um, wow, that's pretty bad. So we've really got uh, three times as many people who say yes than no. Please tell me what it is. got 121 people here. we got 96 of them have voted. I want to know why. What is so bad? And only for those of you who say this is the worst presidential election of all time, I want to know specifically what bothers you. And what we're going to do is we're going to keep each question up for one minute. Then we're going to pull it. So 75% of you say this is the worst presidential election of your lifetime. Let's pull the question down. And I want to know what it is that bothers you so much about this election. And just jump. And I see Mac McClarty there. And Mac, you and I have had this conversation. And by the way, Mac, this is a Zoom call. You do not have to wear a starched shirt and tie. (laughs) I want everyone to look at how he's dressed. He's supposed to look like Fred Zeidman. You're supposed to look casual if, like, like you're just coming from a hospital, Mac. You're overdressed. Okay,
3: not. I had I had to talk to my banker today and
2: borrow money, and I thought I better
3: look formally businesslike.
2: I have never seen you like this. When you take (laughs) a shower, it's in a three-piece suit. When you when you go to the, I know you have a tie on. That's great. Uh, let me let me hear from you all, and let's do Stop. thirty second responses from four of you. Okay. Why is this worst the worst presidential election of your lifetime? Please jump in. May? And By the way, I actually want to hear it. So, Richard Davis, you're telling me uh, on the chat room. I want to hear you speak. I'm so, moved. who's first?
4: Yeah.
2: Who wants to answer first? I do.
1: Go, I, am I first. am I muted or not? Go ahead, Fred. Fred, You're up first, and then Richard Davis. And if people want to respond, just put your name in the chat, and we'll call on you. I I wore a tie every day from the day I was 18 until
3: the coronavirus. So uh, I'm enjoying having a neck for the first time in 65 years. Uh, Frank, you know how deeply I have been involved in, well, at least the last five or six uh, presidential elections. Uh, There has been virtually no discussion anywhere on the things that uh, are most important to the future of America uh, in any of this election so far. It has all been personal. Uh, No one is addressing, for uh, uh, for lack of a better word, American exceptionalism, what has made our country great, and it has really gotten down into mud wrestling. Uh, so far, and I don't know that that's going to stop. Uh, and there's been no discussion of great ideas and uh, how we move this company forward. I realize times are a little different uh, with some of the Black Lives Matter stuff and with the virus, but that's why this is the worst. I, I, we're all in this. Thanks, Fred.
1: We're, I'm going to try to keep
2: it to 30 seconds. Let's go okay. to Richard. Let's go to Richard Davis. And by the way, Rob, this is great. So you're the jerk, and I can be the good guy. Everyone has
1: to play their part, Frank.
5: Uh, Uh, Richard? Yes, Richard, go
1: ahead. Okay,
5: two things. One, I actually think one candidate has put out programs, that's Biden, but I think it's the worst because it's, it's a crisis for our democracy, and the notion of even the slimmest possibility that Donald Trump, now that we've seen what he is as president, could remain president makes this the worst election in my lifetime the danger to the Republic of him continuing in office.
1: Thanks, Richard. Uh, Maybe Howard Morgan next. I think it was Howard Marks. (laughs) Then Howard Marks. Okay. Yeah, sorry I'm not on video,
6: but it just seems both parties are prepared to do damage to the nation in a way that I've not seen in my lifetime uh, to get a result.
1: At least historically, both parties were constructive. Let's go to
7: Maxine Clark. Okay, The thank you. I think the interference from outside uh, is very dangerous and the impact of social media, uh, being able to infiltrate individuals, uh, social media, not even knowing who they are, but believing that what they're telling you is true is a definite change to this election um, in severity pe- to, compared to past.
2: Go ahead, Frank. Okay, here's what I want to do here. And I want to propose something to you. And then we're going to have a discussion on it. Let's take six different comments on this one. Mm -hmm. And I feel like we got a whole lot of people who aren't on video as well. But I want to encourage you, if you have video, to jump on. Because we want to see you. It's one of the reasons why I've never done a focus group on Zoom before. Because I want it to be three-dimensional. And so we really want to see what you look like. How about a clean campaign pledge? from no labels the idea of putting out or a commitment that we ask for all the candidates running for president running for the senate running for the house and i'd be prepared to write something like this with you guys if you'd like to do this a clean campaign pledge that would that allows you to disagree but it does not allow for uh, personal uh, attacks does not allow for the smear of of the ads that we've seen so often, that quite frankly would, would force our president to be more civil and more decent. It would have a preamble, it would have a conclusion, and then three, four, five different items. Is this something that you would want to do? Is this something that you think would be good for no labels? Or honestly, and be honest about it, is there something that is this something that you want to stay away from and that you'd rather focus on Congress and and the Senate. Okay, Rob. So do you want to take individual comments on that, not a poll? Not a poll, unless you can, can we do a poll?
3: Yes, we can do that poll. Yep. well, we get the first answer.
2: Okay, then it's really simple, which is yes or no. So I see one person said, good idea. I see somebody else said, waste of time. Should we try to do a clean campaign pledge that, would be, that you would seek to have the president judge, uh, presidential candidates, Senate candidates, and House candidates sign. Let's roll this.
3: Frank, what makes you think that Trump would ever go
2: along with that? I don't. I believe that he would be embarrassed and that this is part of what no labels is about. It's not just about whether a candidate will sign it. It's also holding them accountable if they don't sign it, if they don't do it. One of the things that I've learned in politics, and I've been doing this now for 30 years, is that the only way to hold candidates accountable is actually in writing. And that if he will not sign something like that, or a Senate candidate, because we're going to have some ugly Senate campaigns as well. If they would not do it, then you've got a chance to hold them accountable. You've got a chance to, particularly if the other candidates do do it. I don't think. In my mind, and then I, I want to take this to a vote because I, I want people to react to it. If you're not willing to play by the rules, if you're not willing to set the rules, excellent. Please, please, as I complete this comment, please fill it out. I think that that this is the only way to make candidates actually have to go on record and to put pressure on them in their debates. Because I will tell you that nationwide. About 80% of Americans would want to do something like this. Uh, If this becomes a topic of debate, then no labels becomes a topic of debate. And then you have a chance to have a real impact. Let's vote, guys. Great.
1: So why don't we try a, a Carolyn Dorsa?
7: Oh, hi. Yeah, so I think that
8: you might even get people to agree in writing, but they'll never live by it. They'll violate it. But then they'll say what they did wasn't a smear, was only factual, was real information. And the other side is making it sound like a smear. So I think it's completely unenforceable, even though conceptually, I think it's fantastic, right? If any, if it could ever happen, but I don't think it ever would, it would be enforceable.
2: So my right. challenge to you, hold on, my challenge to Carolyn, because this is supposed to be interactive. My challenge is if we do nothing, if we just let it go, This thing is going to spin off the rails in the next 85 days in a way that we have never seen before. I agree with the 76% who say this is going to be the worst ever. And so I'm trying to find some way to make a statement, to put a stake in the ground that will allow those who really want to abide by an appropriate approach to be different. Just as no labels allows you to sign up or not sign up, it creates a place where you can go. Okay. Uh, somebody else uh dale hemmerdinger
9: mm-hmm. waste of time do some because? well this is this these people are not gonna particular not these people trump will never abide by it it's a waste of time
2: okay somebody else and and it, by the way if the poll won't work then just take it off
1: hey frank i mean' i'll, I'll go there's a little bit of a mixed you know a question of, of for no labels how to use our voice you know our voice has been about getting you know getting legislation done for the american people by compromising with both sides i think that does imply better behaviors but you know we don't necessarily start there that's the question for me is it is it is it a mixed prioritization for us
2: and that's what you guys have to decide uh somebody else uh, maybe Carlo
7: O'Dell? Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, I feel like our democracy is very fragile right now, and I'm not sure this would be the thing that would help the most. So I'd put that out to the group, Frank, what would help the most. It's the, that's the bigger issue is the fragility of the democracy right now.
2: Okay, so I'm going to give you a chance to answer that question. If you could wave a magic wand as we continue to vote, if you can wave a magic wand what would you change? And remember, it's gotta be actionable, not just say, hey, everybody starts to talk to each other. What specific
7: change would you make? That was directed to me, Fred? Yes. Unfortunately, I don't have a really good answer to that, except to think bigger picture or longer term beyond this campaign that we elect enough people and keep elected those people who are willing to be problem solvers in both the Congress and the Senate. So I think we focus on that, which is the core mission of uh no labels.
2: By the way, I think it's interesting. Uh Rob, we've got a Chicago election. 59% said yes, 53% said no. Even I can do the math. Uh that must mean that dead people are voting in this. This is really great. Uh okay, let's let's we got the final numbers 5953. Let's take it down and let's get a couple more responses to this. Great. So let's go to Ron
1: uh Bergamini.
2: Hi.
3: Um yeah. Like everyone else, I think it's a great idea. And just as we were talking, I just put a note in, maybe you have no Trash Talk Tuesdays,
6: just to <laughs> highlight
3: the difference. So one day a week. It's almost childish, but on purpose.
2: I like what do that. do you think? Uh, that's an interesting idea. And we're going to get to more of those ideas. So let's get two more on the idea of a clean campaign pledge. Great. And Timothy
10: the- Sloan. Yeah, I I would agree with Rob. I think it's a question of focus for no labels. The idea and the pledge would be absolutely laudable, but I think we've concluded that we want to stay focused on the House and the Senate, and we've worked very hard to be able to build the Problem Solvers Caucus and then the smaller group that we have in the Senate. I think it would be a mistake for no labels at this juncture to weigh in to the to the campaign and a follow-up for you uh, If if you ask me if I can wave a magic wand that is for us to understand how we're actually going to vote this year That's my biggest concern. We don't even know how we're going to vote I I don't think we're going to have a a winner uh, On the first tuesday in november
2: Thanks tim, Uh, let's go to frank. Go ahead frank. Did you want to make a comment? Yeah, just very quickly i'm afraid that we're not going to know how to count that we are going to be able to vote. That, we're, that the issue is actually going to be the counting of the ballots. I will say to you all, it's not just a post office, and that is a problem right now. But there have been voter uh, machine failures all across the country in primaries where you don't have the same kind of turnout. And I'm also nervous that people will vote on and by mail in, and they will vote face to face, and you'll have people condemning the results. So I'm the next question after this, we're going to get to it in a second, is how do we reinstill faith in democracy? Because what you said, Tim, and what was said before this, I think is really important. We've had a lower percentage of Americans who believe in the effectiveness of democracy than any time that Gallows has been measuring that number. So that ought to frighten all of you. Rob, let's go to one more comment. One I'm more.
1: Let's it. say Frank Baxter for a final comment on this question.
2: On the former question,
10: I I do believe it's the worst going to be the worst election in, in my history and probably all history because one I don't like the personality on one side and I don't like the policy on the other side. I think they're both very dangerous for our society. In terms of the uh, the, the current question, I'd be a, a strong yes. I think I think go labels as someone that has a longer vision, and regardless of whether uh, the, the, these two characters play ball. I think that's pretty much. Maybe Frank knows this better than me. That I pretty. I think that's pretty much the uh, feeling of the whole country. And if we take the leadership there, we might be able to, to get some effect on this election. But over the longer term, my my optimism is is that there's a 2024.
2: Okay, Rob. Then I want to throw out another question, which is a follow up to this. Let's take six people. If you've got specific ideas because that's what No Labels has been about. If you got specific ideas that could potentially impact the tone and the demeanor of the election, even if you don't think that Donald Trump will follow it, and I'm gonna be blunt as the moderator, that's the person who you're nervous about. So I know, and I get it, even if he wouldn't follow it, what would be a half dozen of you ideas that would make a difference uh, That's that, no labels could potentially do anybody.
1: Chris Thadler. Thanks, Rob. Hi,
6: Frank. Um, I think it's the idea that we um that we just spoke about. And I think it's important that no labels come out as an organization that is in favor of ensuring and expanding the access to vote and that the votes are counted. I think the most dangerous thing to answer your first question is the idea that it is becoming more um, of a mainstream proposition because the president is talking about it to really question the legitimacy of the vote and to try and restrict access to the vote. And I think what we need to do is come out and encourage people to vote and encourage the access to the vote and be working to ensure that we've got the right resources to, to count that vote and we prepare people for the time it might take um, so that we can have a, a, an election that has the greatest possible chance of of, of uh,
2: uh, having a, a high degree of people have confidence in the results. Now let me just again just for 10 seconds if you want to do that you have to do that in advance you cannot make that happen on election night so that's the kind of thing that if if you want no labels to consider that You're going to have to have this conversation and deal with this because when they go back in September, you guys, I think you heard, they have now put off the first week of September. They do not come back until September 14th, and they're only going to be back in probably for two weeks, maybe three max. This is something that you need to discuss and put forward in advance. Rob, somebody else? Thanks. So we're
1: going to try to do quick 20, 30 second answers. Uh, Carolyn Dorsa, your, your idea.
8: Uh, My idea was to appoint an independent commission to fact check every ad. So it's not enough to have the voice at the end say, I'm so-and-so and and I approve this message. So what? We need like a League of Women Voters that would agree. They would fact check every ad that would run online and on TV.
2: Okay, then I've got an idea for you. I can't imagine a less partisan. uh, Let me rephrase that because some of you are partisan, but you're bipartisan. This is going to drive. Nancy's never going to let me do another one of these. That is such a good idea. Why doesn't no labels? Why don't you all, we got 165 people on this call, 167 people. You guys, by a vote, that and the only way that you either endorse an ad for being accurate is if at least two-thirds of you agree or two-thirds of you disagree. So you set a very high standard. But that is also something that no labels could do. I'm not saying do it but I want you to consider it because I want you to think outside the box. I want you to pretend that Mac McClarty is not wearing a press shirt and tie. And I want you to, 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 to really blow your mind on something like this. So as we go through that question, let's get a poll question on there. If we can pull it up on the screen, yes or no, should no labels offer to be a fact checker for the ads that are running on a national basis because you can't do every statewide ad rob let's get Thanks. another person. paul Haga. yeah my idea was that no labels should take a position
10: on apportionment um maybe recommending what california has done at least have a citizen apportionment board because we just had a uh we just ha- we're just having a census and we're going to uh it's going to have a long tail on it and i think uh The
2: lack of close to 50-50 districts has created some of the partisanship in Congress. And you realize, again, to respond for 10 seconds, you realize that you can do other things like this, which is that no labels, because you want people to vote, could actually support making elections on a Saturday or making it a national holiday, Uh, that you guys could be active in choosing in, in other reform proposals. Okay, we got 103 votes, let's take this down, but I want to point out once again, geez, this is Chicago, this is Los Angeles. How can we have 60.1%, for, oh no, I'm sorry, we got it, 58, 42. There's your answer. Uh, so that's something for you guys to consider as being a fact checker. Let's take some more ideas. Let's go to
1: uh, Eric Chern.
3: Hey there, yeah. Um... You know, I thought that uh, what no labels did in 2018 with the uh, house reforms I thought was very effective and uh, For me the reason I think that this election is so consequential is because I think that this has implications for our Democratic institutions uh, more broadly. And so I would love to see uh, No labels put out a platform similar to the house reforms uh, and try to get you, You can go after the president Presidential candidates if you want, but I think going after House and Senate candidates to have them get behind uh, these Reforms in advance would be interesting and you might get you might get some takers on both sides
2: And I want to emphasize that the time to do that is going to be when they come back in September if This is something you want to do You cannot wait until October the recess and you cannot wait until the election. It's something that I urge you to do before Let's take a couple more ideas Chris Anton Thanks, Frank. Uh, Hello everybody, I'm a brand new member and I'm just delighted that this group exists. I was wondering if we could somehow publish facts that the working class American can understand that set forth the difference in policies of each candidate uh, side by side, cost benefit, uh, risk reward, I think that there's a great lack of facts. You know, what will happen if the Republicans win or the Democrats win, either one, as opposed to the Republicans? I I know we're not the League of Women Voters, but I think that that would be consistent with the no labels mission, as I know it. We deal in facts. We don't deal in personalities or parties. So I want you guys to... Before you go on and we'll keep, we'll take a couple more. I want to put up another polling question, which is somebody made the comment in the uh, in the chat room about whether no labels should be a uh, public facing organization or congressional facing organization. One of them is internal, one of them is external. Is your goal to keep the pressure on Congress? Is your goal to involve the public in this effort? So if we can do a question and uh either is it public or congressional which which should no labels do going forward and i'm sure that i'm upsetting nancy and please don't kill me but this is how i learn and i'm making a commitment to to you all if you all are going to approve it i'm going to give you a chance to vote on me and vote on rob at the end so we're both going to be held uh, accountable so everybody vote in this process. Rob, let's get a couple more comments. Thanks, Frank. So let's go to Lee
1: uh, Adrian.
2: And actually, as Lee comes on, let's read, let's, you, the person, um, Eric Churn, and a couple of the people said it's a false choice, you're correct. I just gave you a bad question. This is an example of bad polling. Should it be public? Can we, I assume we can do three choices. So congressional, public, or both. So let's pull it down and let's redo it. Congressional, public, or both. Okay, uh, more more comments. Great, Great. back Thank to Lee.
8: Yes, uh, actually, I had a comment previously, an idea, and Caroline had mentioned it, but I strongly endorse the same idea, which is uh, be a scorekeeper. And it could be on national ads, it could be on campaign speeches. But real that, by the way, coming to your current question, that really requires that no labels start to be a recognized brand, if you will, a recognized force publicly if we are going to put out scores and it does need to be subject to some kind of uh, supermajority voting so it's not one person's opinion uh, but it does come back if it's going to really have force it needs to be pushed out to the public uh, which inherently makes no labels uh more of a public organization than it has been
2: and let's okay we got it up and so please vote congressional public or both And I want to make a comment. I thought that's very smart on the debates. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be the ugliest debates that have ever happened in presidential politics. And this is one where I'd say to you, you have to have an answer. That I realize that your objective, that your goal is to make a difference. And you're already doing it. You're already succeeding in the House and in the Senate. God help us if if these debates go off the rails because you know how many people are going to be watching and you know that it's going to have a horrible impact and I bet that even this organization right here if we did a discussion the day after the debates you all would be agitated and upset over what happened so I urge you to consider that let's take one more comment and then we'll pull the poll down let's go to Jim Bernstein um thank you I'm
5: not sure you're calling at me about my idea which was, I was kind of responding to Frank's thought that uh, uh, Trump is the elephant in the room. And so I don't happen to find Biden to be a very compelling candidate. But I think one thing that would make him a more compelling candidate, for me at least, would be for him to get out in front of it and be able to say, what is is his one uh, value proposition? It is his many years of service and his knowledge of people throughout Republicans and Democrats in the House and the Senate. And I would like to see him get out in front of this and say, I'm going to have a Republican for state and a Republican for chief of staff and to have people that um, are, are across the spectrum. And I think it would give comfort. And then Biden could, could uh, not debate at all because people would feel comfort with him. And I think that'd be a very strong strategy. And I think it'd be uh, uh, better for the country to have a bipartisan group coming in to, to lead the country Rather than a extreme leftward leaning overcorrection of Trump of the Trump
2: policies. Okay, you just gave me a great idea, but I want to. I just want to point out: sixty eight percent want you to do both. Twenty eight percent only want you to do Congress, and four percent want you to do public. That's pretty interesting. So, Jimmy, you know what that mind. means, Frank? We need to What's do that? more
1: fundraising.
2: Okay, well, that's what you're going to do. I'm going to disappear. I'm going to get off this when, when you start to do the fundraising. So we're going to continue to do this for about another 20, 25 minutes. And and when this is done, Rob, you're going to have to send a doctor over to my house because I'm going to fall. I was trying to take notes on my phone as, as the comments you are making, but I cannot do the notes and this at the same time. Six of you, and make it people have not spoken yet. What do you want to have happen in the very first day that Congress comes back on the it'll probably be the 4th of January on the very first day when it's a new Congress six of you tell me what you want them to do or what you want them to introduce obviously it matters to you what matters most how about having the uh Congress uh sit in alphabetical order not in two different aisles they could do that that's actually that is doable um uh you know what I'm, I'm driving the people nuts because I keep adding stuff. Let's do let's put that up as a poll. Should Congress sit in alphabetical order or should they sit as they do now in partisan in the in partisanship? In fact, I'll make it easy. Just write yes or no. Should Congress sit in alphabetical order and this is something that you can report back. Uh, anyone want to comment on that?
10: Yeah,
1: Frank and Peter Kelly, they they don't sit. <laughs> They're rarely there.
2: But when they come and vote, yes. when they come and vote, should they be in alphabetical order? And State of the Union, by the way, in State of the Union, Republicans sit on the left and Democrats sit on the right. Especially State of the Union. Absolutely. Okay. Well, look at the results. Like you don't even have to continue this. It's 92% to 8%. Rob, nothing is 92%. Uh, the fact that i'm wearing a green or white shirt with the uh, congressional logo i don't know if you can see it at least a, a 10% will disagree that this is a green shirt so uh rob go ahead yeah look the symbolism i mean it's it's a highly symbolic
1: act but maybe we're at a point where symbolic acts were what we the most we can hope for
2: well i want it reported let's pull this off 90% say yes that's that's overwhelming i think that's let's, very cool Let's try some other
1: ideas. Uh Alan George has one.
2: Hi,
11: it's Alan George. I having
1: worked for Sam Zell for 30 years,
11: I've never worn a tie or code to work. I just want to point out. Um, okay,
2: but you gotta tell Mac that I want <laughs> to, I want to see that we actually have a change in behavior based on no labels. So the first thing we gotta do is get Mac out of a tie. So so my
11: my suggestion was just to follow-on to what I thought was really a good idea with. Requiring seating to not be by party, but also require leadership to have great bread at least once a week um, I think we heard this from several of the leaders. We've had here who get together with their counterparts You know having food with people is a way to establish relationships to be and to develop, you know consensus It works really well and every in our business and any business most of us have been in probably.
4: hi Frank Um you know, just committee meetings are the same way. They're division between how uh, Democrats and Republicans. There's no reason they can't sit either in alphabetical order or seniority order without respect to party. And as we're trying to do in the House, let's try to do in the Senate that when something comes out of a committee with a bipartisan, a solid bipartisan vote, that it gets a vote on the floor. Bipartisan bills should have the highest priority to get considered. In any chamber
2: and then well, one question is you know the system you know how it works what is the definition of bipartisan well
4: that would be you know that would be something we would fight over of course right but uh it would at least have um uh, a sufficient number of the minority party right. who uh, who um you know who voted for the bill in the committee you know it could be 60 uh, a 60 percent vote It could be a 66% vote that could be decided. But if we can get out of the committee, not just party votes, but bipartisan votes, that that should get a priority on the floor
2: calendar. And by the way, I just want to say, I hope I pronounce your name, Gila, I'm looking at you right now and you are so still and you've got that smile and it stays exactly, I thought that was a screensaver. I didn't realize that you're actually a real person there. And I want to I give, it is first so well act, done.
4: First act should be additional well, corona relief for state and local governments. They're hurting.
2: On, on day one. Day one. Good. They're overdue. Let's do two more of these. And by the way, Jim, you've got the best background of anybody here. Uh Jim Bernstein, because you Boom. actually it looks like your white boat board has changed even from when we sat down here. So let's do two more and then we'll move on to another question. Let's
1: try Neil uh, uh, Model.
2: You know, you go back to the old days when they could go and uh, smoke and drink and then they could get more things solved. And so basically you want members of Congress to smoke and drink. I have never heard that advice ever given before, but I love it. And I, I, I can tell you Philip Morris and anheuser Bush will hire you because of that recommendation. And let's go to uh, Lee Adriani.
8: Yes, the, uh, we heard some interesting things and it's evident major legislation gets written by the two most senior people in one party or the other in both the House and the Senate. Why don't return all legislation drafting to committees so that we're not getting legislation dictated from Nancy Pelosi or Mitch McConnell, but force it to be more of a group process in the committees.
2: That has been a repeated complaint going back as long as I've been involved, which is now 1993. Uh, And every leader has been accused of that um, in both parties and in both chambers. And the problem is the leadership never wants to give up power. Nancy Pelosi will nod her head and there's no way she will do it. Mitch McConnell, I, I know that I've got a reputation for telling a joke or two, Mitch McConnell went through eight hours of open heart surgery. It's because it took him six hours just to find his heart. <laughs> uh, there, there is no way that he's going to give up uh, that responsibility. So I appreciate that. Frank, Go ahead.
8: Frank, that may be true, but if I can jump back in, um, yep. no labels did force some changes in House rules on Nancy Pelosi with the 290 sponsor re, uh, change in rules. Uh, as if no labels can build the size of its uh, caucus or supporting members in the Senate, maybe that's a pressure point for changing some additional House and Senate rules.
2: That is brilliant. And as I'm gonna make the same request to you that I made earlier in this call, which is you can't wait until November to do this. I know that the tendency would be, let's have the election and then we'll deal with it. Things change that you're better off trying to do it now than waiting. Uh, Rob let's take one more one more. Yeah
7: This is Lynn. May, may I uh, weigh in here? Go ahead, yeah. Lynn, please. Yeah as as one who uh, I'd like to go back to the issue of uh, Having meals together when when I was in Congress That is exactly the way that uh, we were able to reach across the aisle my suggestion is that the problem solvers caucus host dinners uh, with people who are not yet members have a, a Democratic and a Republican host who is a problem solver and no labels underwrites it if they can uh, And that we build our base that way because it is the off-the-record uh, off the off the capital kinds of dinners that build the trust and the relationships that we have seen that we've been able to engender in the problem solvers caucus
2: Okay, I have an idea for Lynn. I'm building a condo right now that is about seven blocks from the Senate. So it is off the hill technically. It's at 7th and E. And it's going to have a, a whole gallery of political memorabilia that, it, that you could only see in the Smithsonian. And I'm actually getting a dining room table that seats 12 people. If there is a Democrat here who will join me in co-sponsoring it, which means we're going to pick up the meals. Right. I will do that. And Lynn, I don't know where you live, but if you live in D.C., then you and I should do this together. Well, I'll uh, have to
7: do it by Zoom because I'm in La Jolla, so. Uh,
2: <laughs> oh, so you're in the most beautiful place on the face of the earth. Uh, let's get it. In fact, Mac, as a penalty for wearing a tie and a shirt to this, and I've yet to see anyone in this whole, I've been scrolling through and no one's stressed like you. How about you and I agree that once a month, and we would do it in my uh, condo, you and I would host this, and we would bring, let's say, eight members together, and then there could be two other people from no labels, you and I, Uh, we bring eight people, eight members together for a dinner, four Republicans, four Democrats.
3: Uh, I would be pleased and proud to do it, and suspect we would be viewed as the odd couple, which may be a good thing. (laughs) Okay.
7: And I'll, I'll join by Zoom to referee.
3: Yeah, uh, you got my commitment. That was like a great
2: odd, idea. By the way, for the odd couple, Mac is Felix and I'm Oscar.
1: <laughs> Rob, go ahead. Um, I think we okay. had uh, Tavon Pache. I was just hoping uh, for the next Congress to rethink without, and I think you could do this without being too partisan,
3: the ethics and conflict of interest rules for government officials. And the obvious example would be you have the complexities of Trump owning a private business. And if uh, Bloomberg had won, you'd have similar complexities. And these things just haven't been fleshed out enough.
2: So let me offer, let me follow up on that, which is that on the very first day, they passed the rules for the House and the Senate. And you may want to consider putting forward HR 1 which actually changes the rules. This is not something that you that is going to take months or weeks, that they have to vote on new, new rules both in both chambers. And you may want to put together a no-labels-supported legislation, good government legislation, that is nonpartisan, or I should say bipartisan, because everything is partisan these days. But that's something that can happen on day one. And if you're the guys that put it forward, then you'll get a significant amount of credit. Rob, I want to switch the question now. If you could give advice for no labels to have the biggest possible impact in the time that we've got left in the House and Senate, if if your voice could be heard and I get a chance to communicate to everybody on this call, let's take four of you. What advice would you give? And again, please make it specific so it, it has the chance to make a difference. And do you mean Frank, like
1: for the next couple months, or yes, in the next co- in the next couple months, yes, right because
10: we still Absolutely. got time. I just want to clarify. Anybody, uh, Frank, it's Tim. I'll jump in. It's to re-elect the members of the Problem Solvers Caucus and the the eight members uh, within the Senate because I think if we can demonstrate that. Those the members of both those uh, groups can be reelected. I think it reinforces the the, the the
2: base that we have so let me put a gun to my own head Which is I agree with that and I'm not known as I, 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 People who listen to me know i'm much less partisan now than I used to be And know that i've really gone through a change and it happened before the stroke It was happening to me over the last two or three years I agree with that, and but that's up to the people who are on this call, that I'm not going to put, um, I'm not going to do a fundraising pitch, and yet I am, which is if you want to make a difference, you really do need to specify, which is to pick one or two senators and no more, and three or four members of the House and no more, and genuinely get behind them. And The way that you send a statement is for Republicans to donate to Democrats and Democrats to donate to Republicans. And that statement, because you have to challenge your own side. I have to be willing to to take on Donald Trump, which I have been, if you've been following my Twitter and I urge you to do so. And I reached out to a couple of potential vice presidential candidates, I'm not going to say which ones, to ask them to do the same thing on their side but you can make a difference, you can make a statement, you can have an impact if you make it small and targeted and you let the world know about it. I don't want to break ethics laws, I don't want you to put you guys in jeopardy, but I do want to say that the time to do that is as soon as possible and this is the organization that has the potential to do that. Rob, let's get three more. Uh, Tom McInerney?
1: Is that your hand up, I see? It is. I would say the second would be to get a good compromise in the middle on the CARES Act because we, the American people need the help Those have been uh, laid off during the crisis.
2: And, of course, the problem there is that you've got Republicans who wanted to kill those negotiations and Democrats who wanted to kill them, and you had Republicans who supported it and Democrats who supported it. This is the kind of stuff you have to decide how involved you're going to get. And it does matter. And the timing matters because people are going to, no one on this call is living paycheck to paycheck, I assume. And if you are, then you're spending way too much money and you need your hand slapped. That right now, I'm going to give you two pieces of data because I should be as a pollster. 53% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck that number We've we've got the data that's coming out for this month. It's coming out right now and It's gonna go up to 56% the last time it was that high is never More people are at the edge now than they've ever been before. That's number one And number two is that Congress right now is condemned and the politicians are condemned for not being able to vote on something like this 70% of Americans Want one, one more vote, one more stimulus, one more bailout, one more paycheck protection, or or, um, or for small business, and they're really ticked off that they're not getting it. So let's try one more, Rob. Uh, for those of you who don't know on the call, I used to work in Congress for a very long
12: time with Frank for a long time. I ran the committee on Capitol Hill that ran the that, that wrote the tax reform package that recently was passed, and then it He's the with- best.
2: Chris is the best. Served in
12: this administration at Treasury for two years. Um, uh, I, although I'm a very bipartisan person, this Frank can, can and attest, and Nancy can attest, um, uh, which is why I really value this group and went, have been a part of for a long time. I, I, like, all I can tell you is this: like as, as a consummate insider, has worked, as uh, had, had closed so many deals in Congress for so long, and, and in the administration, and having worked closely with this president um, the best thing that 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 no labels can do uh, is what frank and, and what was said earlier which is you have to give air cover to the members that are willing to risk their risk their political um, backsides In getting to yes and, uh, and agreeing with the other side. Um, there is The echo chamber and what they'll hear at home will tell them to do just the opposite It's people like us and the people like on this phone call that give them the courage to be able to, and, and the wherewithal to be able to stand up and you know, message the, the way they feel appropriate, making sure that they can come back to Congress. Um, and with that, our numbers will grow. Um, and with uh, with more and more members, and, and Nancy and the group have done such a great, Mac, Mac you've done such a great job in this, Uh, both in the house and senate that this seeing the senate numbers grow like this has just truly been very impressive um, but anyway, it's I'll make it quick. Um, it just You really have to make sure the people who are willing to stand with us We stand with them and make sure that they they have what it takes to be and they need to be able to come back
2: Okay, rob I, I because i'm a pollster and because we're heading towards the end of this conversation are there two people who've got any kind of polling questions? We now know who the two uh, tickets are. Is there anything I can answer to you either about politics or about the economy in terms of public opinion? I'll take two of them.
7: Sure. Ask people if they're concerned about the election going off in a reasonable and fair manner.
2: For the first time, a majority of Americans now believe that there is something that is wrong with our electoral system, a majority of America, many more Democrats than Republicans, but it is a majority of the population believe that it is at least somewhat unlikely that we have an accurate, free and fair election. That's the phrase. It's never been that way before and, uh, and it works its way through every age group in the country. It's about two to one Democrat over Republican, but we are losing or have lost faith in our democratic process and that is a tragedy, and is a crisis. And um, I'm going to answer that one that from Adam. since it's so easy to do. Uh, yes, a majority of Americans do believe that COVID has been politicized. And I'll, I'll give you the best example is, are you pro or anti-mask? 80% of Republicans are anti-mask. 70%, I'm sorry. 80% of Democrats are pro-mask. 70% of Republicans are anti-mask even putting on a mask, is making a political statement. And that tells you that we've gone way, way too far. So, Rob, the way that we'll wrap this up is I always do a for good of the order in a focus group like this. So we're going to open it up to any comment that anyone wants to make, a comment, a question, a statement. But again, keep it short. Let's do three of them.
3: Frank, uh, it's
2: Fred. Yes. Uh, tell
3: me, I, I had written this in earlier, but what do you think the debates are going to end up looking like? Are we going to have them? Are we not going to have them? Are they going to be virtual?
2: What so this, is, this is what kills me is I was invited to actually attend these. I've never been able to because I've always been on television. This is the first time that I said I don't want to cover it. I don't want to do focus groups because it's going to be so ugly and people will be so divided that I think it's, it will actually hurt the process rather than help it. I am sure there's going to be debates, and I am pretty sure that it's going to be without an audience, and I'm pretty sure that it's going to be done live and where they can have TV cameras uh, rather than being just done as a Zoom debate. But this will be the first time that we have those kinds of debates in a long, long time. But you know what? We don't need an audience. I think these guys don't need to play for the public. I think it's far better if they just face off with each other, and I'm recommending that they'd be a panel, uh, not just one moderator, because I think that we need a discussion and then we open them, the candidates, up to, to longer responses than just 60 seconds. I think 60 seconds means that they can give a soundbite, that if you have a two or three minute response, it means that they actually have to know something about the issue. Good question. Two more. Uh, Richard Cashnow.
11: Uh, thank you. Um, hi, Frank. I'm, I'm a relatively new member of this group uh, But um, I want to go back to there, there were a number of earlier suggestions uh, That as an individual I favor uh, for example uh, maybe uh, proposing that we uh, That the debates be held in some civil structure. There are a lot of debate formats that don't uh, allow um, You know interruptions and not hominem attacks and so on but right now I am, uh, even as a new member, feeling protective of the focus of no labels. And I worry that some of these proposals are going to be perceived at least as, uh, as partisan because it'll be clear you know, uh, who, who's, who we're trying to muzzle in a particular way. And I worry about uh, our reputation as a bipartisan organization And um, I'm right now more interested in keeping the focus on what we're doing in Congress So I just wanted to say that even though I think a lot of the proposals um, Are are certainly reflect good citizenship Rob, excellent, Rob Thanks, um,
1: let's uh Let's let uh, Glenn ask the final question
10: What is the most important issue that people will vote on that will determine
2: who wins Oh, good. Uh, it's it's. I can't. Uh, it may be China, because no one's got an advantage on China. Biden now holds an issue advantage on virtually every single issue, and it's one of the reasons why he's up by nine or ten points in most surveys. Uh, China is the one issue that Trump has the three point advantage, but the public doesn't like either candidate on the issue, so that's very significant. Number two is what happens if kids go back to school and they get sick. So COVID is going to be a really significant response. Obviously, the economy, and it's not the stock market. Trump keeps talking about the stock market. What the public identifies and what matters most to them is the unemployment rate by far. So I think that there'll be people who will be voting based on can you get somebody back to work or not. And the last issue the four, Is healthcare and I think you'll see a lot of that in the in one of the debates healthcare continues to be an issue that both democrats and republicans care about And those are the four issues that that they will be voted on Uh, I would like you to put together a question for the uh, and I know you're going to go to bill But before you do I need to know this and I need you to vote honestly Is this a constructive conversation? We're trying to pack a lot of stuff into 60 minutes is this something that no labels should be doing across the country? It is a possibility that they will do it. I wanna know what you think about it. So if you People can, can you just type
1: what? yes or no. People can just yes. type yes or no into the, into the chat, might be the easiest. Um, I'll say for myself, Frank, I think some of these thoughts are fantastic for no labels as we think about how to broaden what we're doing. We know we've been playing in a very, very narrow uh, way and we know the system's not getting better, and we need to do more. So I'm. I thought uh, the conversation was fantastic, and you're pushing us on specific things was really valuable.
9: Okay, Rob. Maybe maybe uh,
1: just we'll let uh, Bill Galston share some closing thoughts in our traditional manner. Go ahead, Bill.
9: Uh, this has been terrific as usual. Uh, and come back and visit us office, often, or as often as you can. Uh, let me just let me just close with. With three points, two of which are a repetition of things that uh, you've heard, no labels members have heard from from me and and others before. Uh, point number one uh, is that we have a sort of a pole star political focus, and that is to organize blocks in both the House and the Senate that are strong enough to hold the balance of power if they act together. And we've made real progress toward that end in the House. uh, And we're a lot farther ahead than we were a year ago or even six months ago in the Senate, but our work continues. Uh, And so what somebody somebody said earlier about continuing to provide air cover uh, for members of the House and Senate who are willing to take their political futures and put them on the line in order to to cooperate for the common good, Uh, they need to be protected. Uh, And we're the group that has chosen to take the lead, because nobody else will do it, to protect them. And we need your help to keep on doing this. That's, That's point number one. Point number two, we do have, for right now, Focusing on the Congress and the administration, a dominant issue idea. And that is to persuade the president to endorse and the Congress to provide the money for a national testing program that could get coronavirus under the under control uh, by this fall. It is possible. Uh, and we are trying to persuade the people who need to be persuaded to make it actual. That's point number two. Point number three, and this is, this is the new one, spinning off this conversation, uh, No labels doesn't have infinite bandwidth. And as many people have pointed out, uh, we should not in any way endanger our reputation for bipartisanship. Consistent with those two limits, We can undertake to be the fact checkers, not for the ads, because everybody's going to be doing that, but for the ideas and the position papers that candidates put out. We can be the fact checkers and the truth tellers, not about values, where we're going to differ, but the factual underpinnings of ideas that candidates are publicly advancing. We can do that and we can set up a system to get, get that done. And that was an idea that, was, that came out of this conversation. So it was indeed productive, Frank.
0: Frank Luntz hits the ground running by asking the No Labels Group whether they believe this presidential election is the worst this country has seen. Overwhelmingly, the answer is yes. He then goes on to ask whether those assembled would support a clean campaign pledge on the presidential or Senate level. The responses given are mixed, but the majority of responses seem to be pessimistic about the candidate's abilities or willingness to abide by a pledge, even if it is promised. Go to nolabels.org to learn more about how we are bringing together a bipartisan group of public and private leaders working to solve America's toughest problems. I'm Ryan Clancy, and this has been an episode of Gridlock Break, a No Labels podcast.